guilty soul condemned by shame hear mercy calling out your name his blood can cleanse your every stain bring your failures to the cross hello and welcome to the community bible church podcast where we're doing a chapter by chapter weekly discussion of the book gentle and lowly the Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. My name is Joseph Brader, and I am the pastor of Worship and Discipleship at Community Bible Church of Orange Park. And I am back with Lindsay Leto and Carly Jones for round two, one more episode. I would say that you guys came back, so it must not have been that bad, but we're really recording them just in a row. So all that happened is they did not run out of my office and out the door in the last three or four minutes. Full transparency. Yeah, but thank you guys for doing this and for, for doing a second round of it. I do have a question that I want to ask you, and I intentionally did not give tell them this was coming just because I want their raw response. It's not anything that scary. I want to know, what is <laughs> what is your favorite song that we're singing as a church right now? <laughs> Carly is looking at our planning board hoping question. that it might cue it up. I'm embarrassed to say this, but I have such a bad memory that we're, you know, this week for, for rehearsal, have I gone through all the songs and, you know, learned everything, rehearsed everything? Yes. Could I tell you what all four of them are right now? <laughs> Probably not. My brain is That's okay. so bad at That's, memory, so yeah. I'm looking at... So we have the set list printed for you up at the, <laughs> at the front, you know? But one I would say, honestly, um, it, it technically is coming up in a little bit, but it is one that I always say is the goodness of Jesus. Mm. I love that song. Yeah. I love, yeah, the, the, the words in it. I really love the melody of it, too, but just being able to sit and, yeah, like who he is, that I'm satisfied, yeah. I have everything that I need in him, mm -hmm. and that's just, I, I need to be reminded of that, because yeah. I'm so quick to think I don't have anything that I need. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love that song right now. Yeah. That song aligns with this book really well. Well, I'm going to be bad, because I can't pick one, but I love... Give me your top three. I, yeah, Rock, I love Rock of Ages, which we're actually going yeah. to this week, yeah. um, and then Jesus is Better, and mm. then Sneak Peek. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this. Oh, you can say it. Teach one soon. Yeah. Holy is our yeah. God, Two weeks. Is amazing. Wow. Actually, totally when we do this. totally worth it to listen to this podcast. Just for this. Find out. You know, what, you know what's funny? It's <laughs> when they when they hear this podcast or when this podcast oh, releases, yeah. we will have just taught it two days earlier. So, <laughs> so it's actually not even a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. The song we just taught is a new favorite. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. I just wanted to hear. I'm always curious, like... Uh, what songs, whether it is in our church or when I'm talking to my friends who lead in other churches, like what songs they're loving to sing or lead, what songs their churches are really loving to sing, things like that, how the Lord is moving. So, yeah, I just wanted to ask you guys as we get started. Should I give mine? I, that's kind of unfair. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can do one either. If I, had, you know, if I had to pick one, I think it's probably Is He Worthy. Yeah. That song is just awesome. Like, Is He Worthy, Come Thou Fount, Living Hope, I think that would be kind of like yeah. the top. The trio, the trifecta. Yeah, the trifecta. For me, they're, they're all awesome, full of the gospel, just singing about Jesus. And I feel like they're all three songs that our church sings really well, which yeah, yeah. does play into it for me. Because the goal is people singing. Totally. So, all right. Well, let's jump in on that note to chapter 18. Maybe the most interesting title of a chapter in the entire book, Yearning Bowels. Thanks for having me for this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked, you know, we talked early on, I guess we should, you know, redefine this, but we talked early on about the idea of the word bowels because the, uh, the King James uses that in some different spots, including in the New Testament, and that's kind of what was the springboard earlier. But it just means like your guts, the innermost part of you. It's something that comes from like the deepest part of who you are and spills out of you. 
So that's what they mean when they say something like yearning bowels. Anyway, uh, just to get us started, who do you perceive God to be? This is just, this is a direct quote from the book. He asks this question. Whom do you perceive God to be in your sin and suffering? Not removed from it, not looking at it from, you know, in the past or in the future, whatever. In your sin and suffering, who do you perceive God to be? I think for me, it almost is a two-part answer because I think I could say who I perceived past tense God okay. to be is yeah. different than who I currently perceive him to be in my sin and suffering. Yeah, that's um, probably good. I see, well, it depends on what direction you're moving, yeah. I guess, but it's probably yeah, good. As, as I've walked walk with him and, and from this book, quite honestly, so I think what I would say before is, is a lot of distance, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. God, do you really care about what I'm going through? Are you really with me in what I'm going through? Why would you let all of these things happen? And some, some questions, like, kind of down that road. And I think that from the Holy Spirit, from the truth of his word, like from the truth that's in this book, I I feel and experience and know his closeness in my suffering and in, yeah. in my sin and brokenness and that he can relate to it. That there's nothing I can mm-hmm. go through that he's like, oh, I don't I don't really get that, Carly, sorry. He's yeah. like, yeah. no, I'm with you and I get it. And um, and I, again, like I feel it. I, I'm yeah. with you in that and I, I'm feeling that and I'm mourning with you over it or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm broken with you over it. My mm-hmm. heart hurts with you over it. So I think that, yeah, I'm... I, perceive him, I guess, right now to be close in that and and relatable in that and understanding in that. Yeah. I mean, praise God. That's awesome. But not not perfectly all the time. No, sure. Oh, I'm sure not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a process of sanctification, but we're moving towards a better, more true, more biblical understanding like that. Yeah. Yeah. Lindsay, any thoughts from you? Yeah, I'll be honest in sometimes how I'm tempted to feel. Mm -hmm. Um, I've loved this book for an introspective person. Oh, yeah, Um, same. Oh, my goodness. I really struggle just constantly thinking he knows every inward desire and struggle. Like, you think that we would just always lay our hearts wide open out to him. Right. Because he already knows, and he knows the real us that he says in his word that he's yearning for. But often my thoughts go to, am I suffering and struggling right now because of this sin that I just did again? Like, yeah. and this kind of face that I need to have on until I'm at this sanctification level, you know, that I feel like right. I should be at by this time. Yeah. Um, but I have loved this book. I felt like it's just been such a comfort to me. And I'm comforted in just being reminded that, like, we're all struggling with this and, and yeah. this thinking in whether we're going to stay yeah. for, like, a day or, mm-hmm. like, 50 years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. I think, I think I struggle in a similar way, Lindsay, to you. It's not hard for me to see God as close in my suffering, but it is in my sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes to the point, you know, last time we were talking about the lies of the enemy and this condemnation and things. Sometimes to the point, if I go deep enough and, like, introspective enough, I can, I can get thinking, man, like, you're really bad. Maybe God isn't close to you because you're not close to him or you're not with him. Like, right. like you're not even, you don't even belong to him, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't ever doubt that God is good to his people. I can start thinking, like, man, you're so bad you must not even be like am you I must am I, am I, am I, you must am not be a Christian a Christian, right. Christian can't be that bad right. for that long or do that right so those are the kinds of those are the kinds of places that I think we go and I don't think yeah. I'm, I'm alone in that I mean no, just hearing no. your guys responses it's a, and we've had enough conversations to know uh, that, that we can kind of kind of do that where you know for for others it's more difficult to see God as close in their suffering and and, and the temptation is to question his goodness to question mm-hmm. his promises. 
I think it's important to acknowledge that all of us, every single person, like we're saying, struggles with doubt in some ways, right? Yeah. We struggle, we doubt whether whether God is actually good or actually who he says he is, right. or we doubt whether we actually believe it and tap into it or what have you. Right. We're all struggling through that. And praise God, he's gracious and he meets us there. God doesn't need our perfection, which is one of the things that the book keeps on hitting, right? Uh, He doesn't need us, even in our coming to Jesus in weakness and repentance and faith, it doesn't have to be perfect weak, uh, perfect weakness, how does that even make sense? But, (laughs) right, he said something a couple chapters ago, we have to repent of our repenting. Man, that stuff is so helpful, at least to me, and I Mm -hmm. suspect to a lot of us, to understand that God continually meets us where we are, in all of our weakness, in all of the mess, and he pulls us further out of it. He is sanctifying us. He's not content to leave us there, but he doesn't require any cleanup before we come. In fact, that's the very antithesis of the gospel and of his character. To do that is to, uh, frankly, is to become legalistic and is to add something to the gospel and it's to kind of smack the gospel proverbially in the face. Yeah, so we're all kind of growing in our understanding of who God is and our perception of who God is and our sin and suffering. Why are we often resistant to believe that God is merciful the way he's described in this chapter? Yeah, I think it makes me think of a couple of things. For me personally, I think I'm resistant to believe that because I'm not very merciful. And yeah. then I go off of what I know best, yeah, which is myself. Like we talked about last week. I mean, yeah. it, probably sh- it shouldn't be me that I, that I know about it. <laughs> anything else, it should be like Jesus and yeah, um, sure. his word. But I'm quick to you know go towards what I know. So I know I'm not that merciful. And so how could somebody else offer that or... Yeah. Or do that, and I think that I'm quick to, you know, define mercy in my own ways. Like, mm. well, this person defi- deserves it, but this person doesn't deserve sure. it. Sure, you deserve it to this degree, but you don't deserve it to this degree. Like, mm-hmm. I'm making those decisions and deciding what, you know, what the character of God is, which is wrong. That's, yeah, that's sin in and of itself. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm moving against God in that. Something else that makes me think of too is, is again, like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I can't comprehend the full extent of my brokenness, and that's a lot of grace from God that we can't. It is, because we couldn't um, handle it, yeah. We couldn't handle no. it, and it, it makes me think of, have you guys seen Les Mis yeah. before? Okay. I haven't. What? I know, which is really embarrassing, <laughs> really embarrassing. I love, the, I love some of the music, but I've never seen the whole thing, so. Yeah. Okay, well, Lindsay can relate to me on this, maybe, and other people have, that maybe have seen it, but there's this scene at the very end where, Basically, the short of it is that this dad um, is saving this guy's life, who happens to be the major crush of his daughter, okay? Mm-hmm. So mm. he's saving his life there. Um, he, he gets shot, and, they, and he's going to die. And so the dad wants to save him and take care of him. So he takes him through literally the sewers underground, like through, you know, the nasties, mm-hmm. as, as I'll describe it. And he's up to, like... There's a point where he's like underneath, basically, where just his like lips are sticking yeah. out mm. of this liquid sewer, oh. um, and he has oh, this goodness. guy on his shoulders, and he's car- and the guy's unconscious the whole time, mm-hmm. and he's carrying him through, and he's going all these ways, and it's a pretty long scene, and he gets out, and eventually, like the guy's okay, and he survives, and so I just I thought about that scene of like, wow, the depths of my mm. brokenness yeah. and, and grossness and That's messed good. upness that yeah. God carries me through, and even in the moments of like my you know unconsciousness to my sinfulness in a sense like i, I yeah, don't know yeah. it fully or i'm gonna avoid it in some ways like yeah. he's there and he has me on his shoulders and yeah. he's carrying me through it and, and wading through it with me and pulling me out of it you yeah. know cleaning me off from it so uh-huh. that that's what it made me think of and, and i'm yeah easy to be resistant to that but his mercy is just so much bigger than what i can imagine yeah 
that's a really good, good analogy. It is. Now Even, yeah, now I do want to go and watch. Is this is this the guy that they're singing uh, Bring Him Home about? That's like that's like the flagship oh, yeah, song yeah, that I know yeah. from Lady Mid. I love that song so much. For sure it's that song. It's, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure. It's been a few but, years since I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yes. what I... What I love, even in that, like you're talking about us not even knowing and acknowledging maybe all of the depths of our sinfulness. And that's, even in that analogy, that's true, because the, the guy is... He's got no idea. <laughs> deathly injured, right? He's unconscious. He doesn't know what has just happened. Right. Not and he knows at least... Right, anyway. right. Totally. And he, he doesn't, he hasn't participated. He's been knocked out. He hasn't seen most of the work that's done. He doesn't, he grasps... Uh, conceptually maybe what's happened but not every single piece that's a really cool analogy yeah. for this anything to add Lindsay I just feel like sometimes I and I he talked about this in this chapter mm -hmm. is that I feel like I need to add I need to be more stern with myself yep. like it yep. can't be that easy I yep. can't let myself off the hook mm -hmm. um, I need to like wait in this a little bit longer mm -hmm. but I just loved the quote his heart doesn't waver according to our loveliness it confounds our intuition yeah. that Thomas Goodwin quote yep. and he doesn't Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good, we'll segue on that, he doesn't hate the member but the disease, because that's where we're going in the last question, but, oh no, I lost my train of thought. This is what happens when you put like a bunch of musicians and artists in a room and say, do a podcast. It's, we're just like talking, and before you know it, we don't know where we started or where we were going or anything. Yeah, um, this sternness with ourselves, right? It feels almost morally and theologically better to kind of like hate ourselves and force ourselves into this almost penitence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, which again is just an affront to what Jesus has done in the gospel, but we do it, I do it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and we feel better about kind of like putting ourselves in the corner for the rest of the day or the rest of the week or whatever, and then yeah. come back when we're feeling a little better. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. All right, Lindsay, you referenced this uh, quote from Thomas Goodwin on page 167. Why is it that that God's love for us shows up most intensely in our sinfulness? What I think of with that question is, um, not sorry to jump ahead, but is actually on no. page 168. Yeah, that's yeah, great. That third paragraph down, he says, like talking about his logic, basically, mm -hmm. in the quote that we were just referencing, if the intensity of love maps onto the intensity of misery in the one beloved, and if our greatest misery is our sinfulness, then his most intense love flows down to us into our sinfulness. Yeah. That's just crazy. It's like, yeah, yeah, the worst place we could possibly be in is the one place that he wants to be more than anywhere else. Right, where he wants to meet us. Right, yeah. yeah. And I think it's it's not that there's more love there or less totally. love somewhere else, right. Right. but the intensity with which the love is sort of manifested mm -hmm. comes out there. Mm -hmm. That's actually even the way that the Bible describes it. Romans 5, 8, God shows his love for us in this way. While we're still sinners, Christ dies for us. Mm -hmm. The illustration, I guess, that God uses to say this is the point where my love is most intensely demonstrated for you right. is in the depth of our sinfulness. Yeah. And that just continues, you know? And I think that makes sense if we think about it in terms of people that we love. I think about it with my child. I don't love him more or less. I mean, I guess our love can waver, but... Categorically, I don't love my child more or less depending on what's going on. But my love for him is more intensely directed when he's when he's suffering or hurting, when something is wrong, right? right? Like, it's true. In his deepest right. misery, that's when my love is most intensified right. or most fleshed out. 
that's really encouraging when we think about God's love pursuing us that way, Definitely. that intensely in our sinfulness. Yeah, and you know, you don't you don't yearn after something that you don't want to. You know, like, mm-hmm. like yeah, they're, that's ta- they're good, talking good about the definition of, yeah. of yearning, and that's what it is towards us. He's, he yearns after us. He, he, you know, has this deep, passionate desire for us. You think about, you know, it's talking about the yearning bowels, and you think, like, mm-hmm. You know, when someone goes through something or you're, you're scared is the emotion I think mm-hmm. of, like, you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach, like, yep. adrenaline's rushing through your body, you know, like, you're feeling all the feels, and that's, yeah. like, in a, in a good way, like, his emotions towards us, his love towards us, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, he's not going to yearn, he can't yearn after something that, that he doesn't have a desire for, right. or doesn't right. want, and that's encouraging yeah. to me, it's like, he's not just doing it because he's like, well, whatever, this will make the film, right. I like, guess oh, I better do this, yeah, it's uh, who he is, it's, yep. it's, it's the biggest part, yeah, it's the deepest part of who he is, yeah. Probably. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love where this chapter ended up uh, leaving off of Jeremiah's words. I was just in tears reading mm-hmm. um, the end of this mm-hmm. because, like, this is the gospel. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even just being comforted in his word, the quote, what if we saw God's heart, not in a prophet telling us words, but in a prophet telling us he was God's word, mm-hmm. the, embodying, the embodiment of all that God wanted to say to us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. I just and then our response is worship like right? yep. all we can do is worship and that's exactly what the bible calls us to right when we see the greatness of god's works and god's grace we respond with worship not just singing we talk about this all the time worship is not less than singing but it's more than singing we respond with lives that are lived right. for the glory right. of jesus for the glory of the one who saved us who loves us who rescued us and keeps on rescuing us yeah so we we respond we worship He's worthy of every song that we sing, every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. There's sing a reason we sing that song like all the time. Sounds, sounds like sounds like somebody <laughs> wrote that. It was not us. It was someone someone much more talented and uh, a great wordsmith. But uh, it's so true. It's so true. Well, uh, we're gonna wrap it up for this week. But as always, I hope that you guys are having conversations, and I hope that uh, these truths and this understanding and unpacking of the gospel is as encouraging for you all as it has been for us. Um, but I'm going to finish by reading Matthew 11:28 to 30 again. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here you find your comfort.